we're back here at Modern Life Podcast. It's Tabby and Stacy, and we are discussing the 2008 Sense and Sensibility. Uh, just to let you know, we've kind of expanded our online presence. We are now on Instagram. We have a Twitter that's at Modern Life Pod. Instagram is also Modern Life Pod. You can also find um, our episodes online on the website, but otherwise just access them through Stitcher, Google, whatever platform you're using. From the beloved novel by Jane Austen. Mama, we need to think very differently now. I suppose you would have us live in a rabbit hutch. A cottage would answer very well. A new adaptation by Andrew Davis. Um, so yeah, let's get going. Um, just a quick summary. Sense and Sensibility is a Jane Austen novel. It's the one with the three sisters, but only two of them matter. We're doing the miniseries that was on uh, BBC. Um... Yeah, the most popular version is probably the um, one that was done in the 1995 Emma yeah. with Emma Thompson <coughs> and Kate Winslet. Um, and then, yeah, this one was done in 2008. You got it. Um, so just a quick review. I know some of these novels you've maybe read in high school and just kind of need a quick refresher. Um, they kind of lose their fortune because there are no men in the family to inherit. They then move to, the family moves to a small cottage and it's kind of about the love life of the two sisters. Um, one of them falls in love with a scoundrel, we learn later on, then ends up with the colonel of the neighborhood, and then um, that's the sensibility one, and the sense one, Eleanor, um, ends up with her, it's her cousin, right? Cousin-in-law, um, yeah. by marriage. Something uh, like her, that. And it's not really even her real brother, it's her it's half, half brother, brother yeah. um, is the one that actually puts them in destitute because he's supposed to have taken care of them. He promised uh, his father and uh, her, his wife, who's a greedy kind of do-gooder, who is the sister of who ends up. Yes. My, yes. Right. Yes. Who I kind of, this is a really great segue because I want to talk about that first um I think in the book when I was first reading this, I was kind of confused who the main character even was because you're um, just with this brother and his awful wife and them talking about how they're going to give the girls less and less and less. They go from like 100 pounds to 50 pounds to maybe we'll just give them like a piece of meat every <laughs> once in a while. Um, and having seen this in multiple adaptations, it's usually just them in a room talking what this um, one does really well is it uses different settings. I think they're in the house and they walk out the stairs and they're in a carriage and then adds um, certain dynamic element to that. And I think that's important in period drama in general because, like my brother always says, it's just a bunch of people sitting around and talking, which is another reason why he's not on this podcast. But, yeah, he is not a um, fan of <laughs> <laughs> any period piece he's done. I think the only period piece we got him to watch was actually the Pride and Prejudice. Uh, and zombies. And zombie movies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but that wasn't, you're right, that is a great segue. Um, I love that, that yeah. whole first piece of them arriving at the manor and the three, girl, the three girls and the mom are just all in black and they're waiting for them to arrive. I just think they did a really nice job of, like, building up to showing the relationship without having to explain the relationship. Yeah. So, like, they, like, the build-up to it, you can, like, feel the tension, you can feel the, um, like, the uncomfortableness, mm -hmm. and it's, mm -hmm. like, it, and you and you just see it, and then, you know, Fanny does it, the, the person who plays Fanny in the movie, uh, Fanny is the, the wife, mm -hmm. whatever, 
she's awful, but she does such a good job at like portraying it. In my opinion, like it's how the little like things. she's a, yeah. it's like so small because she's she's so reserved, but she, she like takes her stabs like yeah. when she can, but it's done in such an eloquent way. Um, so they've basically come to now. They now own the house. I, I can't even imagine that somebody just comes into your house and is like, no, you're like a guest here now. Yeah. Because I now own this house. And when they welcome them at the door, Fanny is the first one to walk in. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, and then I the brother's the only like... one who waits for his sister because his sister's kind of like, what the F? Like, it's already started. Well, it's not his, it's, it, 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 it was, that's his stepmom. Oh, the stepmom. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> because the brother is from his first wife. Yes. And, uh, but he still respects the fact that it's her, she's the matriarch and, and his wife just like completely and, washes over I mean, it, like it doesn't matter. they arrive like an hour after the dad has died. Yeah. Like they do not wait no. for any kind it's of like grieving <laughs> to pass. Um, but this is also like very soon after they introduce Edward, um, who Did, is the love, who becomes the love interest of, um, Elmer. Eleanor. Did you like Dan Stevens in that role? Because I, I really do. I think that he does a phenomenal job, but I think that his portrayal is completely opposite than the portrayal in the book. Really? Yeah, because he comes off super confident and, like, kind of, Hmm. like, there's not, in the book, they've done, like, a kind of stumbling. He stumbles a lot. He's, like, kind of awkward and kind of, and I actually think that Hugh Grant did a better job at that, but I liked Dan Stevens more. Hmm. I liked his role better. I almost wish that because he, he was more of a lead for me than in the book, which was interesting. But he does have those moments, like when he comes into the room and he sees it's kind of an awkward situation and he does kind of this like, ah, ah this like not knowing what to say. I don't know. I feel like to me he plays that he really just, well. He, but he, he just, through the whole thing, he just comes off way, like just so confident in everything. I mean, he may have like a moment of like stutter, but he doesn't like, Hmm. I don't feel awkward around him. He's he's too much of a leading character, hmm. um, almost to the, which I didn't feel with Edward in the book. Is that he's kind of yeah, he's a little blobby. Yeah, yeah. blobby, like awkward. <clears throat> and this guy play come off, and he's like super good looking, and he has no problem like stabbing at his sister, and like you know, I don't know. There was just too much confidence, and I loved it, hmm. but it was very different than That's the book. That's a really good point. Um, Another person who's not at all like she is in the book is the mom. Because the mom is described to be a little more like Marianne, a little too emotional, a little too... Can't really assess things in the in a logical way. Uh, and this mom, she's probably my favorite mom out of all the adaptations. And she does so many things that are just so powerful and badass. Like when Fanny tells her, you know your daughter can't. Mary Edward, and she's like, thanks for telling me. And then she comes upstairs, and she's like, we're getting the F out of here. And I'm like, yeah, go, Mom. (laughs) Mom is awesome. (laughs) I just, I love her. There was a little bit of a duality in her character, though, because she would have moments like that where she would be like, we're we're leaving, we're going. And then she would have another moment where she would be like, I can't decide without Eleanor's help. So it was kind of, it was interesting to kind of see the duality, and she pulls it off. But it was, yeah. it, was, it was an interesting perspective because it was very different than it was in the book. Well, because the things she was deciding on were not, it, it was, it took a little time for her to sink in that she, these, her life is going to be completely different now. 
But I guess those leading control, like those moments where she takes control are all emotional based versus rational based, which mm. I guess is interesting because you mm. did bring up that part where she is a lot more like uh, Marianne, where she's very emotional and she reacts that way. Yeah. So I guess it would make, it, it makes sense. She pulled it off. I just, it was interesting to see the duality. Um, kind of like uh, talking about their change in financial situation. There are so many of these where um, they move into the cottage and I'm like, that is still 20 million times better than anything I've ever lived in. And I they're love like, that. And they're like, oh, no, we're in this poor little cottage. And, and this, we still have two servants. <laughs> but this one actually makes a point of like, oh, no, the ceiling is crooked. You have to bend your head to get in. They don't know how to light a fire. They can't afford sugar. They, I believe it in this version a lot more than I do in many of the other ones. And I also love that they said it by the sea, which was not in the book, except for Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters. Um, but it, it kind of adds something to it. They're very charming. Yeah, they chose a uh, New Devon, I think it's called. Uh, North Devon. Sorry, North Devon is where they filmed it. And actually, they had some weather issues there when they were filming. Really? Yeah, Tell me about they, it. When they got there, it was like when they were setting up for the filming, it was all beautiful and like sunny. And then they had brought a rain, a rain, like a fake rain shing. And then literally the second they started shooting, it started pouring. And hmm. so they had to film the movie, which kind of added to the scenes because actually that was one of the things that I really liked about this movie was how it was shot. Um, they have so many beautiful moments of like pausing on like rocks, like, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And it, they, it draws in a bleakness to the area, even though it's so beautiful that I, I, I thought that it portrayed the movie very well, like supported it. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, Did you? What else did you have? On I that? really want to talk about the relationship because this is the only flaw I found in this, like, like something that didn't work for me. Um, there was actually two things. One was the colonial, uh, Colonel, Colonel Brandon, Bland, Colonel oh, yeah, Brandon yeah, yeah. and Eleanor's friendship. Yeah, I did not see it in the movie. I mean, in the show, uh, I didn't like. It, there was no. I didn't feel it. Um, and in the book, it was like they were like besties. And, um, besties to the point where everyone else was like, oh, are they about to get yeah. it on? And in this version, I, you're, I think you're right that it didn't... They just didn't They didn't make time for that. No, they like didn't pull it off. And they didn't develop it. And there was like never... There was such a mutual respect between them in the book where you were just like, you could tell that they genuinely cared about each other and that they liked each other. But in the movie, in the show, it just like it didn't... It fell for me. And I, it, it seemed a little lacking. Like, it bothered me. Um, because in other adaptations, like, I really love the um, the guy that played Colonel Brandon in the 2000, if, um, sorry, in the 1995 movie. Um, oh, yeah, you can't compete with like, Alan Rickman. <laughs> yeah. He was so amazing. It was, like, really hard for me to watch, try and see it. And I think the other guy did a good job of, like, coming off reserved at the same time as coming off, you know, um, warm, too. You know what I mean? Like, being able to pull off the duality of his nature. But... It just, he just didn't, I could never see the, he did a really nice job with the Marianne and his emotions there. Really? He, I, that felt flat for me too. Did it? I, yeah. That this see, Colonel that Brandon, I don't even know what to point to because he's a phenomenal actor, but I felt like, um, what's her name? Charity, the girl who plays Marianne, I feel, kind of felt like she did most of the work. And I, I didn't would, I could feel see that, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And in this I one, do, I do think that it's interesting though because Colonel Brando has to say he has 
so little lines because he's so not a spoken person, mm-hmm. but he has to explain so much emotion all the time. And um, that's that overt. was where I, where yeah. he fell a little bit flat. And, like he just couldn't. I don't think he got it all across. Yeah, because in the book, there's a line between um, Eleanor and Colonel Brandon where it says that because the society they're now in is not very intellectually stimulating, Eleanor found in Colonel Brandon that what she was missing. And they would always, yeah, they would just form this relationship because they were kind of on an equal level and had a lot to talk about. And she really fell for him, felt for him that he was now kind of getting supplanted by Willoughby. Um, but yeah, I feel like in this one, I kind of want the mom and Colonel Brandon to get together. There's only a five-year difference. difference. They're both very quiet people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, I see Marion really going through a change at the end. Um, but I think it was the 70s version where they did they kind of mirrored that too, where now Colonel Brandon is reading the books she likes to read and there's more of a mutual learning what the other one likes because their temperaments are so different, Yeah, you know? Oh, I think that the Marianne in this adaptation was, she did a really nice job of, uh, of you see her change in the yeah. film, which I feel like sometimes is missing in some of the other movies is you don't really see a change, you just see her kind of get more resolved. But this one I feel like I saw her grow. Yeah, like it was. It, they did a really nice job of like Excellent. rounding her character. The actress did a really nice job of like still maintaining that flightiness, but then kind of like bringing it in and realizing like you know to respect her, you know how her sister handled things and like yeah, you know, growing up. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really, really, really like that. Um, but I think that Colonel Randall's character kind of fell short for me. But he had a lot. To, he had a lot to like contest with with. I, oh yeah, I don't. You know, like wanna, Alan Rickman's Alan yeah. Rickman did such a phenomenal job, and I like view that character so much in light of him, that. Yeah. That to see somebody else play it is like almost. Yeah. An equal, yeah you know, they're just gonna fall short each difficult. time anyway. Um, something I really appreciate appreciate about this is when people usually have a hobby or a passion in movies, they are perfect at that. Like. One example is um, they do this with kids a lot. Um, in Chocolat, have you seen that movie? Yes. The kid is like, oh, I draw sometimes, but then he does like master level like sketches of like dying birds. And I'm like, kids, kids don't draw like that. They just don't. <laughs> and in this one, like Marianne is trying a new piece on the piano, and it takes her a little while. Yeah, just I like to that actually they actually. It. Yeah. Um, Eleanor is drawing but you can tell she's never received formal training she also uses pencils and um watercolors and jane austen's sister cassandra would actually do a lot of um watercolors too and it's also accurate in the way that it's um was considered a woman's medium so the great painters would do all their preliminary like sketches and planning for their oil paintings in watercolor and women weren't people wouldn't spend money for women to get trained in in oils. Yeah. So that that was the highest step they could go to was watercolors, basically. Yeah. And Eleanor is good at drawing and, you know, painting, but she's not, like, insane, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. No, they did a nice job of, like, not overdoing it and, like, overplaying yeah, certain characters. Which, uh, yeah, which I rarely ever see in movies. <laughs> well, I think that's the difference between, um, I feel like that's something that, British movies do a really nice job of like not 
overdoing those scenes. Mm. Because I mm. feel like in in Hollywood they tend to really like over. Oh my God! Just to, just to compare this with the uh, American version of Pride and Prejudice, the black and white one, mm-hmm. it's so slapsticky. Yeah, it's fan fiction. It's I I love it so so much. <laughs> it is amazing, but it's definitely like you watch it and you're like, oh yeah, this is the American yeah. version of it. It's it's amazing. Everyone should go see it. Yeah, I think I feel like they do a really nice job uh, in in like in this movie showing like the building of the characters and taking the time to like let the the talking actually like play out. Mm-hmm. Um which I feel like sometimes that they they cut in Yeah. Ameri- you know what I mean? Like yeah. they cut out in American movies to like get it to a certain length. Like that scene of Eleanor just kind of running into a cave and breathing and taking like you know what she's going through. Yeah. She doesn't have to explain it. And these are two characters that had you need a lot of skill and subtlety because with Marianne I see a lot of Dramatic overacting, just mm-hmm. over the top emotions, which this version did not do. And then with Eleanor, there was this horrendous '80s version of this, where Eleanor is played by a, like a robot <laughs> who does not have. I, I don't know how this person ever became an actress, but it's just so mechanic and awful and terrible. And because there's so much going on underneath for Eleanor you really need to fine-tune that as an actor and kind of bring that out, which I think Hattie Moran did an excellent job. She's probably my favorite Eleanor, honestly. I even like her better than Emma Thompson. Sorry. Well, I mean, <laughs> I know, I mean, I, I, I like them both in different ways because... Yeah, that's You know what I'm saying? Like, she it. was the most... Um, Eleanor in this one was, it was spot on. Like, she, uh, she's exactly what, when I was reading the book, Oh yeah. Everything from start to finish yeah. is exactly how I pictured it. Emma Stone like rewrote the whole thing. Like, Emma, t- um, Emma Thompson. Yeah. yeah, sorry. She rewrote. I mean, she it, it, just the quirkiness, like everything she did in the movie, it was brilliant. It worked very well, but it was not. The book. Well, and she herself um she was said a lot that. Older too. She she was like, "Really you want me to star in this because I'm not the right age." And yeah. the director said, "No, that'll make it even more poignant of like you're this old virgin and you're never going to find love which it works it totally works it's just not exactly like the book which is fine I'm not one of those people who's like like there's a difference between a book and a movie and you are allowed to take liberties to make it work on screen yeah um I have a lot of things to say about Lucy Steele oh they did I don't I don't know what to say about her she was Uh. just (laughs) just about the character in the book so the only this was um, Jane Austen's first full-length novel. I think before this, she wrote a few other ones, including uh, Lady Susan, which is a really short epistolary piece. Um, and you can see, particularly with Lucy Steele, a lack of insight that has yet to develop because she is famous for social commentary. And if you compare Lucy Steele to Charlotte Lucas in Pride and Prejudice, um, those two people are very similar in a way that they do not have a fortune. Um, they need to marry to... Basically, this is your income. It's all fine to marry for love and stuff, but that was just not an option available to women at the time. And Charlotte Lucas ending up with the ridiculous Mr. Collins. Um, they, they kind of give 
Jane Austen gives that a little bit more freedom of saying, oh, she, and there's a brilliant scene in the new Pride and Prejudice that Emma Thompson actually wrote where um, she comes up to Lizzie and she goes, don't you dare judge me because I'm a burden to my family and I need to marry somebody. Oh, yeah, Like, I it's not yes. an option. And Lucy Steele is in the exact same spot. I mean, at the end when she's, she's going for the younger brother because she has the money, I'm like, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, you need to eat. Like, I, Yeah, but, I mean, she, she was going to be taken care of. I mean, she just wasn't going to have a lot of money. Like, they, they, they were, he had enough money to, like, he was going to be a, uh, wasn't he going to be a pastor? Yes, I can justify that. Um, nowadays, when women actually have choices, but back then, when that was your only, I just can't give Lucy Steele a hard time. I, I don't necessarily give her a hard time, but she, I, I don't like her. Really? Because she's not a villain to me. She, I, I never find her to be villainous. I just find her to be kind of weak, empathetic. This is she doesn't have strong opinions. She, she's very wishy-washy. She definitely like leans toward um, Eleanor because she like needs somebody to tell her, you know, somebody to like confide in, but at the same time, somebody to like, I don't know, she, I almost feel like she likes the strength of Eleanor and how like reserved. Mm. Um, well, she sees Eleanor as a threat for sure. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I see that because there's a couple scenes. And a lot of adaptations, like the one in the 70s, makes her out to be just a really nasty person. And I feel like you almost need to do that to justify me as a as the audience not liking her. This Lucy Steele, I was fine with. Also, her sister is freaking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> I love so the girl funny. <laughs> her sister. Um, it's so over the top, but in a really funny way. Yeah, it was definitely a nice comedic uh, relief in this. Was, but... Was then in the 80s version, they're just awful to her all the time, which they're kind of awful in this version, too, where she was like, oh, Eleanor said she's telling me about her hopes and dreams, and Marion's like, ugh, disgusting. Yeah, they're <laughs> really big. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, girl. And also in the book, um, they, Jane Austen does a lot of um, tell and telling and not showing with this character, which is something I don't particularly enjoy um, something that's guilty of that in comparison would be for example the Europeans by Henry James or it's just in the text telling me like oh Lucy Steele's not very educated she's not smart she's not interesting but then with the exception of one of her lines that's not reflected in her dialogue so I'm like you need to show me these things in her behavior and not just tell me about it in the paragraphs um, but this is a very minor flaw in Jane Austen, someone being that young, writing something this amazing. And then you can see the improvements in later books oh, yeah, yeah, where yeah. she does that work, where she gets better at it. I just, even when it was first Well, like in it, Emma, you can see... Yes, You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like the, the character development that from that to that, you can see, like, uh, I forget her name, but the, the one that's the best friend. That she's trying to yeah. kind of bring up in the world. Yeah, and, and you can see... Like in that character, Absolutely. like yeah. she is less fortunate. She isn't as educated. She doesn't have an opinion about things, and you can kind of see it in this one. But like, it's just it's, it's definitely hard. not as it, like you have to look for it. Like if you hadn't read the book, you wouldn't get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I actually get it more from the sister just because she's so com she's so off the record. But the like, sister wasn't like that in the book. That was just something that. Well, oh, I know, but that's did. the yeah. So um. Um, I also think it's kind of funny that 
This one steals a lot of things from the Emma Thompson one, like Marianne running out in the rain and then getting sick from that. In the book and some other versions, she just is kind of mentally exhausted, and then from the journey over, she catches a cold, and then it's a slowly progressive yeah, thing. They, they, they just say that she got she gets sick. They, she basically gets sick in the book from just taking long walks in the rain and then just like being overly stressed. Right, they but make both it more of, of a dramatic yeah. scene in <laughs> this like, one. He's running out on his horse, and he's trying to find her. And like, <laughs> Uh, I feel like in the movie, though, you kind of need that build-up. Like, you need that scene to, like, make a break from, like, Willoughby, kind of. Which I want to talk about him. Oh, yeah. We need to talk about Willoughby. Go go on. Um, I don't like how they cast him in this movie. <gasps> what? Dominic Cooper's, like, one of my favorites. No, no, no. I think he's great. But I think that he has the most innocent-looking face I've ever seen. And I, like, it, it's hard for me to see. His little baby face? Yeah. It's, like, so hard for me from start to finish to villainize him like no, i had a I hard time not liking him i see that evil spark in his eye i no. got you dominic no yeah. i love like, him I mean, they did a real the chemistry between those two was yes phenomenal. There, i don't think there's any it, other version yeah that the, the, that well. the chemistry was beautiful but i just that one little it just his appearance i had a problem with like how sweet he looks that i like wanted to like him through the entire the entire show and like i didn't like him but it was hard for me to believe that he like it was hard for me to buy in to, like, his past story of, like, hooking up with this girl and, like, leaving her to be pregnant and then just kind of, like, walking off and, like, acting like she was nothing. I also don't understand why they have this whole um, tension between him and Colonel Brandon. They never explain that because Colonel Brandon doesn't find out that Willoughby's a bad dude until he receives that letter. Yeah. So why is he beforehand, like, doing, like, the, the evil laser eyes at him and they have that whole conversation about what are your intentions towards Miss Marianne? Yeah, I don't know. Uh-huh. I actually that was, that was a little that was a little disturbing too because I I, I didn't understand it. No, yeah, they never and explained it. Didn't, it. It didn't, <laughs> didn't make sense. They they didn't have it in the book, and they definitely. I mean, in other adaptations I've seen, they haven't. They it wasn't there no. either. It was like right after that, and um, it also didn't really match his character yeah. no. at all for me. No, like it didn't make sense that he would be because he's so. Um, the word I'm looking for so like uh, comes across so elegant and like uh, not professional but like um, reserved and then to have he wouldn't so try much, to start something yeah like I just don't it just it didn't buy him but then that goes back to me just not being a huge fan with how Colonel Brandon was yeah like, I feel like I'm entire thing. now finally putting together all the pieces of why he didn't work for me I, I, we kind of watched it together. I was doing other stuff while Stacey was watching it. And there's a duel scene in the middle of it. And you were like, what? What? And yeah. I was like, yeah, this wasn't in the book. You were like, when did this happen? A duel? Like, like <laughs> never see this. I have no idea where this is coming from. I don't like the duel. No. It's super random. Yeah, it didn't work for me. I know a lot of ladies are like, ooh, it's duel. Um, not us. <laughs> so It just didn't fit. <laughs> it didn't fit. Um, by the Regency era, I looked this up. Dueling was outlawed, so it would have been against the law. I do not see Colonel Brandon doing anything that's against the law. Also, you would not challenge someone who is not um, on your same uh, hierarchy in society. I also don't see Colonel Brandon seeing Willoughby as an equal in, an anything. Equal in yeah. anything. Or, yeah. <laughs> it's like, so you fought for... Until first blood, and then what? Like, Colonel, yeah. that's not going to do it for Colonel Brandon. No. <laughs> He's not going to be like, okay, we're fine now. We're done now. 
very, very strange. Um, oh, also with Willoughby, they do such an excellent job of show, don't tell, of him being so insensitive, like getting the horse for Marianne. Yeah, and but not thinking about anything else past no. that. Like, he's just so... They, they did a nice job with his build-up. I just his, perf- his performance was amazing. It was just, I had a hard time... You wanted them to pull in... I, I had a hard a time... A mask on him. Yeah, and basically. <laughs> like, I don't know, something. It was just, I had a hard time with, like, I guess, you know, sometimes appearance does matter in the sense that if you, you get hmm. cast in a role that doesn't look like the person, I, I, I have a hard time buying into it regardless. Also, the other thing is um, when they talk, him and Marianne are reading books together. And they're like, oh, my God, it's my favorite poet, mine too. Um, he... Those are not Marianne's books. Colonel Brandon brought those books for her. She cannot afford to have books. She does not have books. Like, she lost that entire library with all the other stuff that her dad had. And it's another one of these great little details of, like, she might connect with Willoughby at the moment, but who really is bringing her, like, the sheets of music and the flowers and the this and the that, and then Willoughby's kind of just being... being Buying her a horse that she has no money to... To support to make her look and also when he shows her the villa and he's like only a quarter of this house is in use like that's terrible and i'm like yeah because it's really expensive yeah and your relative can't afford to like have the whole house in use for one person like it's just he's these little just, things he's of, kind of ridiculous like he, i mean his character in general is like aware of yeah. anything no <laughs> like how money works or no but i do think that they did a nice job in this adaptation of like his guilt because that's missing in some of the other rooms. Or like that scene um, where he comes to talk to... Yes. Like the fact that they put that in there, I think was so needed in that movie because you kind of like, up until that point, you like, you never understand like why she like forgives him. Like, and lets him go. You know what I mean? Like it, it, Marianne, need, I feel like that whole scene needed to be there for Marianne, for me to buy into like Marianne, like just letting moving it go on. and moving on. And also Marianne like listening to it yeah. and being on the like uh, top of the stairs. I don't think that was in the book, and it's not in any it's of the other It's not in the book actually. In the in, they she tells her. And I love happens. Marianne just listening to yeah. it and her look down like oh it's just such a great performance. Yeah, it was done beautifully. And in so many other ones, um, Willoughby really dominates this scene and is kind of like this is my moment to explain myself, and then Eleanor kind of feels bad for him. That does not happen in this version. Eleanor's like, get the F out of this house. Like, I'm about to call 911. Yeah, you like, are not, nothing's okay. Yeah, you, I and love I that. Love yeah. She, like, stood up for the, 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 she's like, and you just, like, left her. Like, I don't even yeah. care what you did to my sister. Like, let's just talk about what you did before you met my sister. Like, I love that. That, that. Yeah, he's not paying child support. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> he's not. You are a piece of, mm. yeah. Yeah, I really, that, that was very, uh, that was a great scene. It just, it really did a nice job. The scene where Marianne almost, she doesn't almost die because this is a Jane Austen novel. Yeah. But when I first, my first contact with any Jane Austen was actually the Emma Thompson version. I thought she was going to die. I was like, no, they're killing Marianne. Yeah. And she's like, she's totally fine. Like, nothing <laughs> happens. But it still kind of gets me every time. I'm like, oh, no, she's not okay. It's yeah. going to happen. I agree. that. Um, oh, I also like, okay, so with Jane Austen novels, there isn't a lot of 
sexy times because mm-hmm. you just can't have that. Yeah. Um, but that is really what is lacking for me in a lot of, even though romance is my favorite genre, I can't do a lot of modern Roman romance novels because it's just that yeah. and they don't do the work. It's like, oh, I saw this woman and there's a spark and she's the one and we're now, our genitals are magnetically attracted to one another. There's no, like, build-up. There's all no build-up. Yeah, there's no build-up. There's no, like, you can't see, like, that's one thing that I love about Jane Austen's books is that she does, there's a development of character. Yes, you, you know, know you why you these people them, are together. You see why, and then you're like, you see why they're together and it makes sense. It's not just, like, two random people, like, seeing each other from across the way and being like, oh, you're the love of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's not real. (laughs) I love my cowboy novels, but it's like they're married after a week. Like, I just know you're the one. I'm like, you don't know this person. (laughs) (laughs) And um, this version does, just like the Pride and Prejudice one, the new one, just an excellent job of um, adding very sexy things in there that aren't sexy, but they make it sexy. Mm -hmm. Like, um, just a shot of hands touching there's a lot of sexual energy in that but nobody's naked nobody's even making out and in this version there's a scene there's a few scenes that do that really well like um edward just chopping wood outside and he's fully dressed but he's not wearing his like vest or whatever and you're like oh this is sort of inappropriate (laughs) kind of and i'm like well her facial expression is what what makes it seem so she like is so like like shocked and like uh he's doing like a wet t-shirt like contest she yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like can't turn away for a second you see her kind of stumble and you can like feel the tension love that yeah they did a really nice job they did a nice job of just like cutting in certain points and like close and getting really close to certain um, taking their time yeah. with that they just like the cuts and the edits was it's done really nicely in this yeah it's like never really any dragging moments like i never felt bored which some of the BBCs I have in the past. And oh, some yeah. Of these, you know, they just yeah, they that's let it dringle a little bit too long, and you're just like, okay, cut that's it. True. Cut it. That's true. Um, I just want to talk about some of the other adaptations really quick. The scene where Lucy uh, confesses to Eleanor that she's engaged to Edward. Um, that scene in Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters, they're being, like, attacked by a sea monster, Eleanor has to fight them all off, and Lucy's not realizing what is happening, and just keeps telling her story while Eleanor's, like, fighting these tentacles. I, it's hilarious in the book. Like, it's so funny, and it just adds to Lucy being completely oblivious, and I love it. Um, also, the reason why Marion falls in love with Willoughby is because he has, like, the latest model of, like, flipper feet, and he always wears them. Basically, I just love Sea Monsters. Everyone should read it. It's hilarious. I haven't read it yet, so I, I can't it. really add much to it, but she's <laughs> been talking about it nonstop. I love it. And I, I did like the, the, it's by the same author, right, that did the Pride and Prejudice Zombies? It's not. No, oh, it's, it's actually not? a different one. I don't know their names. Okay. The uh, Lincoln Vampire Slayer and the Zombies one. That's the same author. I didn't like Lincoln Vampire Slayer. I didn't see it. I it was bad. It. <clears throat> um... Also, the composer's excellent. I love the music. His name is Martin Phipps. He also did um, The New Victoria, The New Persuasion, and North and South, which all have just soundtracks that stay with you. They're really memorable, fit with the mu- mood of the... I love the music. In that. Yeah, no, it's it was gorgeous. really beautifully done, and it really it was never overwhelming where you... It was just there. Yeah. You know, it like just played along perfectly with the scenes. It didn't like overwhelm or 
I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. You know what wasn't gorgeous in this? What? The pink and yellow combination. That we oh, need my to God. That was about. so annoying. I do not know <laughs> why they chose to make Marianne have an obsession with pink and yellow together. But in every scene <clears throat> that she dresses up, she has something pink and something yellow on. And the clash just, I want to, like, go and talk to the person who did <laughs> the, <laughs> the dressing. <laughs> I'm like, no, this did not work for me. Oh, it didn't make any sense for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, stay away from cream-colored things, especially if you're a white person. That's <laughs> a difficult color to pull off. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, God. it just was really horrible. Speaking of white people, um, <laughs> I love how... People try to, like, adapt this into a modern setting and are like, you know what this needs? More white people. I'm calling out, <laughs> I'm calling out sense and sensibilities. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, also, from Prada Donata, I see you. You're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Have you seen from Prada Donata? It was like the Latino version of sense and sensibility. Oh, I don't think I've seen that it's one. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, oh, wait. What was the, the, the horrible just horrible adaptation with like sense that's the one i'm talking about yeah where she's making like <laughs> perfume or soaps or something oh god please sense. don't watch oh, that god ever terrible. it was really bad the acting was horrible development was god awful and the modern version was not okay <laughs> um i think we talked almost about everything i had um i do like the again the neighbors the cousin of the mom a lot of versions and the mother-in-law very over the top very annoying and i get that they're supposed to be annoying but i think in this one you kind of felt his goodwill of oh i just want to come over and invite you to my house and here's a turkey i got for you and yeah I, I feel like in other versions like i've I, i've always like just really just uh, annoyed by that character yeah, but in this one intrusive. he did a nice job of like you know that he's annoying but it's done out of like the, the goodness of his heart yeah so you're kind of like oh he's ridiculous but he's doing all this stuff you know like it plays into the character a little bit more where you just like, well, okay, this is why he did this for them. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it, it never really made sense why before, like, he was so ridiculous that it, why was he being good? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, no, it just didn't, it, I it get was a, what you're saying. It didn't play well to me. Um, I do want to do a shout out to a couple. I do like some of the uh, adaptation, the normal, ad like the Pride and Prejudice Zombies. I love that, the new adaptation. Me too. Um, yes. And Great movie, uh, great book. I love Clueless, and I'm sorry, you might not, like, agree no, with I me. I can't get through it. But I can't get through any of the, um, there's a, Aisha, which is also Emma, but a modern version, I couldn't get through that one either. I don't think I've seen that one. Um, I do love, um, Bride and Prejudice. It's the Indian, it's the Bollywood version. Oh, Bride I have seen that. It's amazing. I've seen it see so many times. It's awesome. It has songs in it. Uh-huh. It's got dance numbers in it. <laughs> oh, and you're sold on anything with dance numbers. <laughs> it's really cute. Oh, because that one, the Brian Prejudice does a really good job of also addressing there's not just a difference of financial status between the two, but because she's Indian and he's American, they talk they bring the aspect of colonialism into it as well. Oh, I and like that. It's, it's brilliant. It's like it's got all the fun colors and all the Bollywood things, but it it also has some serious aspects to it and kind of talks about some modern-day issues. I like it. Yeah. Oh. All right. That's it. Um, anything anything else? else? Any more? 
yeah, basically, I love, I love the cast of this. I love how beautiful it is. Um, oh, it's, it's really good um, from start to finish. Like I said, I only had a couple issues with the casting. I, I really wish they would have cast differently for Colonel Brandon. Colonel Brandon. And I love that actor. He does a great job. I'm not trying to knock him at all. No, 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 no. He's a great um, actor. It just didn't work for me in this yeah, movie. Yeah, something And it click. might have been how they, they just wanted him to portray it. It just yeah. didn't work for me. No, totally. Um, also, um... And I loved Willoughby in it, and I wouldn't even, even though it, it was hard for me to buy in, he did such a great job. Like, I still liked it. It just yep. facially yeah. didn't work for me. I don't like your face. I don't like your face, but your acting's amazing. <laughs> I like your face too much. Um, I did like Margaret in this, too. She had a little bit of a role, the mm -hmm. younger sister. A lot. As I was reading it, I was like, I would just cut the younger sister out, and a lot of versions do not include her, mm -hmm. and I'm totally okay with that. Um... But I kind of, she has these little moments of um, giving insight into the story. Like when she's like, oh, we'll be the scoundrel, isn't he? And if Marianne comes back to the house, she's just going to be reminded of him and just, yeah, she, she does definitely, contribute. She, yeah, she definitely adds to the storyline in this one, which in some character, in some adaptations, there's like nothing there. So. And also that scene in the beginning where she's like, the someone's using my pony and then Dan Stevens is like we're gonna ride a horse around and I'm like this is amazing I love this like it's really really cute yeah but yeah that is basically it yeah that's all I got to say um yeah we love Jane Austen things we might do some other ones in the future I like other it. period dramas yeah cause you're never gonna get Sam on one of these <laughs> <laughs> just not gonna happen not gonna happen um but yeah we'll catch you guys later bye bye hey everybody it's sam thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of modern life if you have any suggestions for topics you want to hear us talk about you can email us our email is modernlifepod at gmail.com you can also hit us up on twitter and instagram our handle on both of those is at modernlifepod Pod. Um, you can find us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify. Our YouTube channel is up as well. And if you want to donate it all to the podcast, I do have a link for a tip jar down below in the podcast description, as well as our new website link, which is up, and you can find all of our episodes there as well. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week.